Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago and joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. All right, let's move it along. Fair enough. Join us to join us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. I am just delighted to be here. It's it's a pleasure. And I, you know, I just like during this section for us to take our time and really, <laughs> you know, just, you know, feel it out. Just get into it. Let it be a thing. Why do you always have to do that, Jed? I just, you know, because why be in a hurry? That's, sure. you know, take it easy. That's that's my motto. That's how people know me. Joining us, all live Brokers, Tennessee, one of the pastors at Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Hi. Wow, that got NPR <laughs> there for a second. The way we, we don't record these every week, what we do is we record uh, two every other week, kind of for scheduling purposes. But this is the second one, and you can often tell when the second one is because <laughs> Glenn's pretty much ready to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> the second one often ends up with Glenn going like, uh, "Yeah, that seems fine." Next question. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Well, uh, that's uh, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I suppose you're ready to just get into questions. Yes, really let's go. I, I like to get down to business. I, sure. you know, let's no delay. Let's, you know, people want the just, wisdom. That's right. Bring the wisdom. Sure. If you hang out with us all the way in, we'll give you a way to get in touch with us. Wait a second. There's an emergency. There's an emergency. Really? Yes. There. Well, that does come as a bit of a surprise. You really so. called your own bluff on that one there, Fitzgerald. <laughs> Sometimes there's an emergency. Now, I was. Uh, I was uh, surfing around on the internet the other day, and uh, see, you know, because they got all kinds of stuff on there. I hear there's a lot of stuff on there. It's like uh, you can get news on there. You can get information. Okay. If you need the information, you know where it is. It's on the internet. Sure. Now, how much of that information is what you would call reliable? Well, I, I I don't think they can put it on there if it's not reliable, Jed. Oh, so it's just like book publishing. Yeah, exactly right. I see. So what happens is I'm surfing around. Take that, multiple industries we would like to be a part of if given the chance. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm surfing around and I'm I'm looking at a lot of, you know, things that happen because I like to stay up with the trends. Sure. You know, what what's the latest stuff, sure. you know, because I don't want to be just uncool. No, left, left out in the cold and everybody else is on something I didn't even know about. It. Sure. What if jeans have gotten even skinnier and you missed it? That, that's what I'm saying. I got I to gotta be, <laughs> I got to, it's, it, uh, you know, I monitor the internet like it's, you know, uh, uh, like I'm getting in alerts from around the world to figure out what are we supposed to be doing. Right on. Okay. So I came across... An amazing thing. That's a real thing. Okay. And we should definitely get on this. Okay. Okay. It is an actual real thing. The number of times you've said that so far make me very concerned. <laughs> it me it's an actual the thing. lady does protest too much. No, it's a real thing. It's just that it shouldn't be, so he has to reiterate it. Yeah, exactly the right. thing that should not be. <laughs> uh Alternate and, title for this podcast. And this it's a bit of a, I guess you could say, a, a hipster-driven thing. Sure. Oh, great. But here's what it is, and, and, and one word will tell you all you need to know. Lay it on me. Beardvertising. <laughs> <laughs> now, it, is that advertising of beards? No. Which That's would, not brought to you by the National Beard Council? That, that would make perfect Beard, sense. get some on your face. There you go. See, that sells itself, okay? <laughs> Uh, what it is, is you have to, uh, they give you like a little badge, a little small, like a name tag, only it's a little smaller 
and you clip it onto your beard. Okay. And they pay you to walk around no. and advertise products on your beard. Well, now, am I right in assuming, I'm sure I am, that you could command a premium if you had a particularly impressive, manicured, well-groomed beard? The better the beard, the better the advertising, Chad. That's just basic science. That's what I'm figuring. (laughs) Okay. That's economics. That's economics. That's a keen somewhere. Yeah. I mean, uh, 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 I'm surprised I have to explain these things to you people. Well, you know, I think, bro, uh, you know, we do uh, uh, we do a lot of work to make sure that people are aware of our Bridgebox service. Right. By which you mean I do it and you to interrupt? A little bit, but, well, you know, okay, yeah. it's the royal we. It's the editorial. Right. You know, but the thing of it is, clearly, this is a cutting-edge trend. Right. We don't want to get left behind. Absolutely. You know, we, we don't want to be trying to get on beard advertising next year. That, there right. would be no point. No, absolutely. So, what I'm saying is we need we need to get out ahead Jed of Jed's still burned yes. by when he opened that 8-track store two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Why won't you hipsters love me? <laughs> Laser discs are coming back. You'll <laughs> see. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying. We got to get out ahead of this thing. It's what right. we need to do. Now, look, I'd be happy to volunteer, except that I really don't have a beard anyone would want to advertise on. Right. It's it's patchy. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of a mange like. Ma- absolutely. <laughs> it's it's really there's a there's a scruffy quality to yes, it that's yes. not entirely endearing. Right. Exactly. You know, and and for you, you yeah. know, you have lovely facial hair, but right. it's limited. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, you're really doing kind of the you know the goatee thing. Right. There's not a lot of real estate to deal with. Exactly. Right. What we need here is a quality beard. Okay. Yes. With some acreage to it. And is yeah, but it's got. I don't be a, think you know what the word acreage means. It's a. It's got to be a strong beard. Okay. Absolutely, a manly beard. Oh yeah. I yeah, mean, we, right. we don't want one of these beards that's like sure, yeah, if you're into that. You we don't want. A you don't want that, that man. You don't want that kind of chin strap beard. That's just a, a faint realization of what a beard ought to be. Yeah, exactly. no, we, we want the kind of beard that slaps you in the face and says, "Nice to see you." You want the kind right. of beard that has for. come down out of the highlands. That's what I specifically you know what? for this purpose. I think I'm I'm liking what you're putting out there, younger, yeah. because I think if we had a Scotsman, yeah, yeah, that could serve as our marketing emissary. You, you right. want you want a beard that when you see it, you think bagpipes. Exactly yeah. right. You you think moors with kind of fog and mist upon them. <laughs> right. So what you're saying is like the kind of beard that Sean Connery. Could almost wear, but not quite, because it's that strong of a beard. That's what I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah. Where will we find a beard like Where that? Where will we find that? Mm. Mm. If only we had our own resident Scotsman with a big manly beard. A manly beard. Why, Lee? I, I think you're talking about <gasps> Matt King. Matt, Matt King. King's beard. We could beardvertise Matt King. <laughs> that's the worst sentence ever. Beardvertise is a verb. Yeah, that's, yeah. That is awesome. That's worrisome. You've been beardvertised. <laughs> what? Look, I don't know what that means. Is that the, the future past Osteen verb tense of beardvertise? Exactly right. <laughs> Look, Internet, we know two things. We know that you love the bridge box, right, and we right. know that you love the beardvertising. Right. Do we need to put those together? One of those things. Yeah, I mean, uh, what I'm asking myself here right now 
is what kind of how what kind of commitment does Matt have? Okay. What indeed? You know what I mean? Sure. Because if he's committed, this isn't even a question. Absolutely. We you we're, you're you're clipping the little sign onto your beard, and you're going out into the world saying, "Hello, world." You're not Look. ashamed. Here's yeah. Here's what this is. Here's what I'm Look. saying though. Have you guys seen like when you drive past the uh, the cash for gold now guy, and he's spinning yeah, the right. sign. Yes. What what yeah. if a guy had a beard advertising sign? That was, I mean, that he could stand on the road and spin like it, a propeller, and flip it, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you. That's that's. We're taking our marketing cues from the strung out cash for gold guys at this point. That's good. Sort of a bl- maybe a blinking light or something to it. You know, here's here's what I'm saying. This is what all this maybe says some to speakers and just play bridge box material. There you Absolutely. go. Absolutely. We've got this new thing that we're doing, right. the Bridgebox Lee Younger, which if you haven't signed up for it yet, like, do you just, do you not like things that are awesome? Mm. Yeah. Is what, that, what is actually your deal? Fair question. Now? Yeah. I'm not saying everyone who hasn't signed up for the Lee Younger Bridgebox kicks puppies for fun, but I'm not sure we can safely say that's not the case. Uh, we uh, don't have proof of not that. <laughs> this, this is what I'm talking about. So, look, we know it's easy to get distracted because we wouldn't want to assume that there's a bunch of puppy kickers out there. Right. That's Look, we, if anything, we think the best of people on this podcast. Right. That's yeah. what we're known yeah. for. And right. we know that, sure, yes, sometimes you think about kicking a puppy, obviously. <laughs> But you're not the kind of person who wants to act on it. Right. That's how we know you want to sign up for Bridgebox Lee Young. That's what separates us from the animals, Exactly Chad. right. But Layers you, of guilt. But you need a reminder, and we get that. Here's, guilt advertising. Here's guilt. what I'm saying. What we're receiving from you, Internet, is there's a clear need for us to fashion a B- Bridgebox Lee Younger beardvertisement right. onto Matt King right. and then do a photo essay yes. around Chicago Thank you. that we will then post online <laughs> oh, no. so Excellent. that you can remember your need for Bridgebox Lee Younger. Started out as a joke. Jed's got a look in his eye of a man with a plan. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think we're here. Now, just I'm going to throw this out there because maybe it's a one step too far. Pit advertising. <laughs> many many Is steps that... too far. Sleeveless shirt. You see where I'm going with this? Many oh, steps too far. Oh yeah. Yay! I think you should like it. And he raises his arms. Yay! Bridge box. <laughs> and then it's in the. It's clipped onto the armpit here. You see what I'm saying? That is basically the worst thing ever. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. I have one idea what would be worse, but I'm no, not going to. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So, but I, but you're saying pit advertising may be just a bit too far, but, but beer advertising all the way. Beer advertising. We got to get the word out. Right. Yes. You know, and I think when people look at Matt King's strong, commanding beard. Yeah. A beard with quality. Oh, sure. Yeah. A beard with soul. Yeah. We want to associate Depth. those qualities with Bridgebox Lee Younger. Right. Yeah. Both have soul. Right. Both have quality. Look, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to disagree with too many parts of this. However, uh, something can be Scottish or it can have soul. Those can't. <laughs> you can't do both. Have you ever heard of a Scottish funk band? No. <laughs> well, you raised a good point there. No, I th- I think uh, yeah. I mean the the beard is what really sells it. Absolutely right. You know it, because if you got a weak beard, people are going to say maybe that's a weak product. Sure. Right? Right. See what I'm saying? Absolutely. You you you. you when I saw beard advertising, I was like, "That's we got to get on that." Absolutely right. It's basically like a license to print money. 
Absolutely. But just we're going to be rich, y'all. Right. That's what that's what this is all about. I think we've <laughs> I think we've cracked the code. I yeah. think we have yeah. we're marketing geniuses is what that's we are. Pr- you know, a basically yes. And business students who listen to this, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, too late to get in on it because by the time you download this podcast, we're already ruling the whole advertising game you know what time it is in japan right now what time is it tomorrow well that's what i'm talking about yeah you you can't catch up with tomorrow no so that's it <laughs> we're out ahead of you baby that's a science fact is that the name of a journey album <laughs> that's just that's just basic physics y'all okay i don't make up the rules here you can't catch up with tomorrow it was my dad's favorite album <laughs> he, he was feeling mad back, right with tomorrow back to the falsetto oh yeah <laughs> all right see i i'm 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 worried i mean i mean i'm a voice my concerns right now okay oh, right okay see I, I i'm not comfortable with my beard being for sale my beard exists for three reasons tell me one laziness sure okay two i get a little little case of the chubby face if i don't have it to be quite honest okay three i live in a frozen hellscape <laughs> right dude so you left out the ladies man the ladies love the beard come on yeah, this is scientifically inaccurate. Take you back to the chubby face. All right, here's the thing, though. I don't have any shame. Okay. Right. I had shame two years ago. Then <laughs> something in my life changed two years ago. Yeah. For my ability to be to uh, experience shame has been beaten out of me. Was okay. that right around the time you started working for us? Oddly enough, we started thought? subjecting you to a lot of yeah, these kinds of. Like I'm okay. sure that's just a coincidence. Probably though. coincidence. Who's to say? Yeah. Correlation is not causality. It Absolutely. is in this case. Well, right. you know. Sure. But I don't have any shame, and I like the I like the leader, younger product. Right. Thanks, man. I, I, th- I think we can figure this out. Okay. I think yeah. if we get a certain amount of people to sign up for Bridgebox Lee Younger, we can do a beer advertising photo shoot. Woo. Well, there you have it, ladies Folks. and gentlemen. Yes, indeed. You have an opportunity to see a beardvertised Matt King. The, yes. You know, the, we live in Chicago. We could do beardvertised Matt King downtown. Sure. sure. The ball's do in your court. Exactly right. Beardvertised Matt King at a Bulls game. There's sure. a lot of possibilities Beard here. Beard by Wrigley, Ivy in the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Beardvertised Matt King in a mega church. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Beardvertised Matt King getting stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing you got to ask yourself, Internet, is do you want Beardvertised Matt King that bad? Yeah. Do you, and you know you do. Yeah, you, you know, know you do. do. The Jed certainly do. You, you know you want it. You know we've got it to give to you, baby. So, uh, you know. <laughs> So Matt, if they're if they're ready, that is so creepy. Somebody say mercy off. We're not getting any worse than that. So if if these folks want to, if they want to, you know, get some beard retired Matt King going, how do they act on that? You're gonna go to missionusa.com/bbly. You're gonna sign up for Lee's custom bridge box. Yeah. For that, you will get. Mus- new music from Lee every month. You'll get some cool stuff from us here at Bridgebox. All that for only $8, and you'll get a free copy of Lee's new album, free, full of songs he wrote for guys he was ministering to in the Anderson County Jail. A couple of song- tr- cuts of that album are being sung at Young Life Camps around the country. Jed produced it. It's a great record. It's worth the cost of signing up, but you'll get much, much more. Thanks, or man. if you're already a Bridgebox subscriber, or you want to subscribe to both, you can email matt at missionusa.com or bridgechicago at gmail.com, and we'll give you a custom link to sign up for both Bridgeboxes. That's all the content we put out for only $12 a month, and all that money goes to the ministry Lee does in Tennessee and what we're doing up here. So I don't have any dignity left to give, right. so we should probably move on. All right. So on that basis, I declare 
Emergency off. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. All right. Our first question, if you hang out with us all the way to the end, we'll give you some ways how you can get in touch if you have a question. This one came in via Tumblr from our friend Cats Are Falling, which is all spelled out and not a cartoon character called Cats, middle initial R, Falling, mm. which would... Im- it's just one of those thoughts I have to amuse myself. Sure. But I felt the need to inflict that on you. So, Cats Are Falling Ass. How come every time I listen to Say That, you guys always sound genuinely happy? It's really cool, and it would be cooler if you could tell me how you guys do that. Lee, can you kick us off? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Thanks for the question. Very cool of you to write. I think the reason that uh, the, the reason that Glenn was happy about this at first was that Matt promised him a lot of internet dollars. I don't know if he's come through on that. <laughs> Or not? Yeah, it's a little slow in coming, but uh, you know, I don't think that's the proper amount of thankfulness for beard advertising there, younger. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all just trying to go along to get along here. My bad, my bad. Okay, so here's the thing. One thing about it is, um, uh, you know, the the four of us are like really, really good friends, and we're just. I mean, we get to do this podcast together, and um, and you know, you guys get to listen and everything. But for us, it's just an opportunity to hang out, and we would be hanging out anyway if we could. So, uh, one of the reasons that one of the things you're hearing is just that. We're uh, we're four friends that are you know we, we love to be around each other we love to hang out we love each other and thankful that we you know that that God you know put us in each other's lives and so part of this is it's just fun for us to be together I love being with Matt and Glenn and Jed as much as I love being with anybody and so that's part of it um, but I, I do want to say and this is super important for you to know and for everybody to know. Um, this is like the, you know, as much fun as we have on this show and as upbeat as we are or whatever, this is not like, this is not like 100% of the time in our lives. Um, there's a whole, uh, there's a whole lot about our lives that's hard and difficult. That's, we get down, we get frustrated, we get pissed. We feel, you know, um, we feel listless. We feel, you know, just out of it. We, we feel the, the range of emotions just like anybody else. Um, so, so uh, you, you should know, first of all, we're super thankful for all of our listeners and friends who give us feedback about how much they enjoy the show and how much you guys love hanging out with us every week. But the, you know, the, the fun that we're having here, this is not the whole picture of our lives. We're not like this all the time. I think Jed and, and Glenn have both said on the show before, a person can't be just just excited, happy all the time because their brain would explode. And so you just have like a, you know, a kind of a meltdown there. But so, so we have all the normal stuff that, that you go through too. We, we get tired, we get angry, we get, you know, sad. We, we go through the, the full gamut of, of all the normal human emotions, just like everybody else. But I will say one thing, you know, because you're asking, it's really cool. And let me see if I, I, I want to make sure I say this right. You say it's really cool, and it would be cooler if you could tell me how you guys do that. How, how you know, genuine, you know, having this kind of genuine happiness and stuff like that. And I will say this, and and I think I speak for uh, my my other brothers on this show when I say this, but um, we are extremely joyful and thankful about our lives. Um, yeah. We. Uh, we love what we do. And and I would say one piece of if if you're hearing some kind of joy and 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 contentment coming uh coming through the headphones from 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 the four of us, one thing that I do think you may be hearing is that the, the four of us are absolutely sprinting after our calling. 
and the thing that God has, has made us to do and, and put us on this earth to do. Our lives are often very hard, very frustrating. You know, we don't, often don't know what the Lord is up to or what we're supposed to do next. But uh, we wouldn't trade our jobs for anything. We, you know, the, the four of us do different things, but we, you know, we, we feel this is what God has made us for. You know, when I get to work on something with these guys, I, I feel fully alive. I mean, when, you know, Jed and I go back and forth working on uh, music tracks for you guys, for, for Bridgebox and for, for the Water Tower podcast and for other stuff that we've got going on. And when we're sending a track back and forth, tracking stuff and singing harmonies and, and doing drum stuff and whatever it is, and we're polishing this stuff out just to encourage you guys in your walk. I, I know I speak for Jed when I say we are fully switched on when that stuff is happening. And we care about y'all. We love you. We love giving you uh, stuff that helps helps you to walk this thing out. And we're super, super thankful to be, to, to be able to do this. Um, when I'm recording this show or, or the other show that we have ancient and new with Matt or with Glenn or with Jed, I, I feel the same way. I feel fully switched on. And that goes for, you know, discipleship stuff that we do. Um, you know, I, I've heard Glenn say, it, and I know it's true for me that, that what we get to do here and what we get to do in preaching and stuff like that is very cool. It's very rewarding. But when we're sitting down one-on-one with a person and they're telling us an issue that they're having in their life and we get to kind of pray with them and listen to them and, and talk them through it and, 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 and encourage them in the Lord, we get to do that real one-on-one discipleship. Man, you are fully alive in that moment. And that's because this is what God has us on this earth to do. And, and when you find that sense of your calling and you just sprint after it and it fills you up, not that it's not hard and not that you don't sometimes have a lot of confusion and, and struggle and stuff like that to, to walk it out. But when you find that calling and you're sprinting after it and the Lord is, is just all over what you're doing and you see it and you feel it and you're going for it, there's, that is a really, really cool thing. Not that we're like super Christians or 100% joyful all the time or anything like that. But I do think as far as if you want to have that, if you can get anything out of this rambling answer that I've given, one of it, one thing would be find the people that encourage you in your walk with Jesus and be around them as much as you can. Uh, hang out together, do fun stuff together, love one another, pray for each other. That's what, that's one piece of this answer as far as what you hear on the say that show. And two, if you can get a sense of what God is calling you to do and what he made you to do, what you're here and what you're specifically gifted on this earth to do, and you sprint after that thing and you figure out how you can pull that off, you're going to find a different level of contentment and joy. Not that your life won't be hard or you won't have any struggles, but you're going to find a whole new level. And so that's just a couple of things that I would mention. I'd kick it around to the rest of these guys. Absolutely, Jed. Well, Darwin, thank you for your question. Uh, we appreciate you writing in, and we love you, and um, uh, we appreciate you listening. Um, uh, I agree with what Lee said. You know, the, the funny thing is I think, you know, for a number of us, we would not consider ourselves, you know, there's people that are upbeat. That's just kind of their temperament, you know, yeah. just, you know, positive and, and you, know, um, you know, optimistic in life. And that's not really true for us, uh, yeah. you know, so... I think Lee is absolutely right that the thing that you're hearing is that we're actually all pretty contented people, um, mm-hmm. and we have, and it's something that comes from the Lord, is we actually do have some joy in our lives. But the thing that really matters for you is how do you get contentment, and how do you get joy? And I think there's a couple things uh, that I'd offer you on that that are worth looking at. The first is to recognize that it's a process. You know, I've had times in my life where 
I felt like, um, you know, maybe I'd never be happy. You know, things were just so bad and so crappy that just, you know, just nothing good was ever coming. And if you're feeling that way, if you have moments where you feel that way, I just want you to know that's not true. God has something for you. Maybe we can't see that today. Maybe we don't know what that would be today. But I promise you, he has something for you. And getting there is a journey. It takes time. It's not an overnight thing. The next thing I'd say is that I think getting to that place of contentment and joy in your life involves both letting go of some old things and taking a hold of some new things. So let's look at, at the letting go part first. Um, one of the biggest things that stands in the way of contentment and joy for most of us are bad relationships. That's not just people we're dating, but that's family relationships that have an unhealthy dynamic to them. Uh, that's... Um, uh, relationships with employers where things have gotten out of whack. There's expectations that are weird. That that might be the way that we relate to our schoolwork. Um, but uh, if we want to have more contentment and more joy and more peace in our lives, uh, we need to change those dynamics. Uh, some of those are things that we need to cut out of our lives entirely. So maybe an unhealthy romantic relationship, we just need to end. We need to let it go. Some of them are uh, things where we need to um, redefine what that relationship is. We, we need to, to have some boundaries with uh, our family members of uh, stuff we're willing to put up with and stuff we're not willing to put up with. Um, you know, and a greater sense of balance in terms of, uh, you know, uh, hey, boss, I'm not willing to work 16 hours a day, uh, and if that's what you need, I'm going to go find a different job because that's not going to work for me. So I think that's that's part one is figuring out what are the things that are holding me back from some joy and some peace and from some contentment in my life. But then the other part is what am I taking hold of that's new? And I think Lee is absolutely right that part of God's purpose for you is going to involve serving other people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can tell you that for each of us, we experience a, a joy and a contentment in serving others that eclipses other concerns. It's, it's, again, as Lee said, it's not that there aren't difficulties and problems and challenges, but they're not the final word in our lives. And they're not the biggest word either. Uh, they're in there, but there's a sense of satisfaction that we find in, in serving other people. That includes you. You know, a sense of satisfaction we find in, in helping you get where you're going that uh, speaks louder than the other things. And God wants that for you too. And the way that you begin to find that is you, you start serving. Uh, and you start trying different ways of serving. You know, we do a lot of work with folks that are behind bars and folks that are uh, down and out. There's a million ways to serve. There's the kids ministry at your church. Mm -hmm. There's um, just being a friend to people that are, are lonely folks in your life. There's, um, you know, practical service stuff like helping with a soup kitchen or a food pantry. And what you're looking for as you do those things is a sense of a bell going off inside of you. Yeah. A sense of, this is me. You know, there's there's something about this that resonates with me. I, I'm you know this this suits me. This fits me. And when you experience that, run after that. Don't be shy about it. You know, go go farther. Go go faster with that thing. If you will get in the habit of letting go of unhealthy dynamics in your life and chasing down ways to serve other people that that help you to feel more alive, you will find your own joy and contentment and peace. I promise you. That's what's worked for me, and I bet that'll work for you too. Totally, Glenn. Yeah, I think. Uh uh, definitely i agree with what these guys are saying here uh you know we we actually like each other we're actually friends 
and I think that probably comes across. We, um, uh, you, when we started thinking about doing this podcast, what we wanted it to feel like is what it would be like to just sit down at a yeah. dinner table with the four of us and just hang out. Except for the horrifying parts of that. Yeah, 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 yeah the bad table manners and so forth, sure. yeah. Uh, but um, what that means is this podcast is exactly what it would be like to sit down at a table and hang out with us. This is um, almost no scripting we don't even generally maybe rarely occasionally we'll talk about what we want to say on these topics but you know we're we're all hearing each other's answers for the first time right when we're doing this this is all just as it happens so um so you, it, it, as lee is suggesting we're not this isn't a put upon uh, happiness that we're projecting here and we do have i think maybe you get a sense of it in the podcast there's certain things that frustrate us or certain struggles we see people going through and those kinds of things where it get, gets us down and stuff. Uh, and, and he's right. We do have uh, all the ups and downs and frustrations and struggles that everybody has. Uh, so that part is real. Um, and I, I, I also want to agree with these guys in terms of the work that we do gives us a lot of the, uh, the happiness and joy and satisfaction that you're hearing. Yeah. Uh, and part of that is we're doing it right now. This is part of our ministry, part of what we do. And the thing about the ministry that all four of us do is a, it's a discipleship kind of ministry. And it's a little bit of a different animal. You know, a lot of uh, uh, sort of televangelist, um, you know, sort of a big uh, a revival evangelist, uh, large churches, uh, in fact, a lot of sort of medium-sized churches are really sort of evangelistic focus. You come in, you accept the Lord, you have a relationship, and so on and so forth. And from there, you have to kind of sort yourself out, maybe find a small group or a Bible study or something like that. Uh, but there isn't sort of a big pastoral leadership in, in that, whatever have you. But the work that we do is taking people all the way through those steps. So what we do is more of an in-depth thing as opposed to a deeper thing as opposed to a wider thing where we have you know tons of people in a big arena or something like that what we do is tend to deal with the messy stuff and what we do it deals with the super complicated stuff and here's why i say that is because i think uh, all of us on this podcast sort of love the puzzle of that if you will yeah. we love that what are you gonna do element of that of like you know here's a problem in and you hear that and you're like, wow, that's complicated. And where would you start? And I think we love getting the mix and, and sort of problem solving that. And yeah, you start I out, get, you start out over your head, not knowing how am I going to deal with this? Yes. And you start praying while you're listening to the person. It's just this, yes. it's this roller coaster. It's this excited, you know, the blood starts pumping and all that stuff. And yeah. you, you don't know what you're going to say. And then you, you, the Lord and you kind of work it out together with this person. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there's just that moment where you sort of sense that breakthrough, and the other person's saying, "Oh yeah, that's it," and you're and you're kind of in in that moment of discovery and stuff. You just there's a huge rush of excitement to that, and and we're addicted to that feeling. And the the thing that happens is when you really invest in people and get that depth, then you see those people go on and help other people. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you how unbelievably exciting and fulfilling that is. So for us, I think there's a, um, there's that, 
sense of what you we're happy when we're on those podcasts because we what we're doing is what we love doing more than anything. One of their super quick point to this. Um, and it relates to what Jed was saying. Um, when you were, you know, eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old, you went to the circus and you saw the circus people running around going crazy. And you said to yourself in your eight year old self, if I could join the circus, that would be the best thing ever. (laughs) And then you grew up and you said, well, that's not practical and there's no job market for that. And you're not going to make a decent living and you're not going to, and then you, you didn't do that. The people on the podcast, we joined the circus. Yeah. That's that's what happened here. You know, we we looked at all of the impractical and the money and the thing and the whatever. And said, no, it would be awesome to join the circus. You know, you know, uh, we we just we we didn't you know have that uh, sense of oh probably that isn't for me. Uh, so uh, what that means is we've carved out uh, a life for ourselves in that place where we're doing the thing we most want to do, and and obviously that gives us a lot of joy and happiness it's all very true i will add on that uh, a lot of the a lot of the reason we enjoy doing the podcast so much and one of the, the big reason we're still doing it is because you guys listen yeah. and you write in and nice notes and occasionally we'll get to run into you folks like when uh glenn did his uh his uh, trip to england recently mm-hmm. and met some podcast listeners and we've had some yeah. folks uh come by the bridge and i know uh, some folks in lee's church listen and um it's when i first pitched this podcast to glenn and jed their response was we like the idea, but here's the thing. We know how, how big an impact we can have on people's lives just in three hours of our normal days. So if we're going to do this podcast thing, it's got to kind of match or exceed that, you know, just as a That's true. normal cost-benefit analysis, which is actually, if you want a little peek behind the curtain, a lot of the conversations we have uh, in ministry a lot is just where's this time worth putting because we have limited resources when we get stewards of them. But the fact that we we have impact, that you folks are growing, that we get a lot of uh, really cool messages all the time, and we're we're kind of surprised because kind of feels like getting away with it and goofing off and having mm-hmm. people listen in, which is great. But so so all that to say, we, we're uh, extraordinarily uh, proud of folks who are taking the advice they hear here and spinning that forward into something positive, and that's that's the reason we enjoy doing it. Amen. That and we get to do ridiculous things for the first fifteen minutes of the podcast while I eat my own arm. Beard for tizing. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, How early is too early to start talking about sex or sexual preferences with your significant other? My boyfriend feels that the earlier we start, the better it is to help him figure things out, but I feel that it makes sense to wait to be engaged before discussing discussing such intimate and personal matters. I'm partially scared to have this discussion and then have him leave me once I bared my soul to him, but I'm also nervous of the untold expectations that porn may set for our sex lives. How should we address this? Jay, can you start us off? I can, and these are great questions. I'm really, really glad that you, you wrote in and gave us a chance to speak to each of these. Let's look at the last question that you asked. Uh, you said, I'm, I'm concerned about the effect that porn would have on our future sex life. And you should be. You should be concerned about that, but probably not for the reason that you think. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. Um, if you've ever seen the movie The Social Network... Um, it was a big popular movie about, you know, starting a Facebook and there's a lot of snappy dialogue and back and forth and triumphant music. Did you see they walked and talked? They did both. 
Um, years ago, when I first got out of school, I actually worked for technology startup companies. And here's what I have to tell you is uh, uh, Social Network is a great movie. That's not in any way how tech startups work at all. Mm. That's nothing like what it's actually like to be in a tech startup. Uh, it doesn't have moody Trent Reznor music below the snappy dialogue? Really not. Oh. Not at There's all. It's just a lot of Red Bull and sadness. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> S- sitting in a windowless room for 12 hours. <laughs> yeah. Okay, similarly, um, dude, I love the Bourne movies, the Bourne Identity, the Bourne Supremacy, that whole yes. series. Some of my favorite movies. I mean, they're just, they're so cool. I love a good action movie. But understand me now, if you go take a job with the CIA or your country's intelligence organization, it will not in any way be like the Bourne Identity. Hear me now when I tell you this. That's that's not what it's like. It, what you'd actually do, uh, yes, sir. We need someone who will blend in. Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you go work for the CIA, you will sit at a computer all day long. That's, for 25 that's years. what you're going to do. Um, and, and here's the point, is that movies are entertainment. They're meant to be received as such. They're meant to give you a break from your life. Let's talk about porn now. Take the morality of right and wrong out of it for a second. Pornography is entertainment. It's meant to be a fantasy, whether it's right or wrong, and it's and it's definitely wrong, but it's meant to be entertainment. It is not meant to be a documentary about how actual human beings engage in sexual intercourse. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Pornography is not meant to give you a sense of what actual sex between two actual human beings looks and works like. That's not what they're trying to do. It's, it's a fantasy. That's the point, is to sell you entertainment. Here's why that matters. If you're not clear on the fact that uh, pornography is a fantasy, then I think it's entirely possible that you could go into your marriage with some wrong expectations about what satisfying sex would be like. Um, I know that we have a certain number of people who listen to this podcast that don't have a ton of dating experience and, and perhaps as a part of that uh, don't have a ton of sexual experience. If you got married tomorrow and you tried to do about half of what you see in a porno movie, <laughs> you would oh, injure would each other yeah. and would not not have any fun of any kind. Right, yeah. That's that's not how good sex works. I think what we want to do, so I said you should be concerned about the effect of porn. The effect you should be concerned about is that you would go into it thinking that that's how you have good sex, when that is not in any way, shape, or form how you have good sex. Here's how you have good sex. I'm going to make this point, and this is going to set up these other brothers. Good sex comes out of good communication. That's it. That's where good sex comes from. If you have two people that are talking about their likes and dislikes, uh, not judging each other or themselves for them, simply saying, here's what I'm into, here's what I'm not into, that will lead to a good sex life. Yes. Yes. Guaranteed. Uh, You don't ever see that happen in a porno movie because they're not trying to sell you on that. They're trying to sell you on a fantasy. Right, right. But if you have good communication about what you like and what you don't like, that will lead to good, satisfying sex. And here's my final thing. Sex is not dirty. Whoever told you that, whoever told you that you need to feel bad about it, you need to feel weird about it, they were wrong. 
There's nothing dirty about sex. It's a beautiful thing and a good thing that God created. Yes, we want to approach it intentionally and carefully and with good boundaries, which these other brothers are going to tell you about. But sex is not dirty. It's okay for you to have sexual desires. And in the right context, it's a necessary thing for you to discuss those with your partner so that you can have the good, satisfying sex life that God wants for you. Absolutely. Glenn? Uh double down on everything judge has said absolutely correct that's a very good wisdom on that you know on, on one level i get what you're saying here and it makes sense that you know in one stage of the relationship we ought to sort of be on this level of talking about stuff and then as we get closer to marriage that you know we kind of move through those stages that makes sense to me i think it's a good idea uh, at this stage of your relationship to talk about all your basic sort of turn-ons and turn-offs, for example. If there's something that your partner is doing, uh, if you're in a serious dating relationship, you understand. If, you, if, if you're, you know, uh, deep in that relationship and somebody does something that's just really, you know, it's a nice turn-on for you. You, you really uh, like that stuff. Maybe it's a uh, article of clothing that person wears, maybe it's a uh, you know perfume or way that person wears their hair or something. Uh, obviously, yeah, as Jed's saying here, you want to communicate that. You want to say, man, that's you know, uh, you're, you just look like a million bucks today. You just look really beautiful, and uh, this that's important. That's good stuff. It, that doesn't lead to bad things. That's a that's a, a an important thing, in fact, to accomplish. And the same thing with turnoffs. There are things that the other person does that's uh, just not very cool. And sometimes it's unpleasant to bring that stuff up. And, you know, sometimes you have to mention that and say, you know, when you say that certain thing, that certain way, or, you know, that t-shirt you have that has 500 holes in it that you think is really cool or whatever those things are, that's, you know, this, that's a turnoff, you know, you're, you're, you know, don't, you know, don't wear that shirt or whatever that thing is. So I think that's fine when you're in a serious dating relationship. Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. Once you're engaged and, you know, you've set a date and we're on that level, you definitely need to be talking at that point about really everything sexual. Just, uh, I mean, your, your tastes, your interests, your everything. You also need to go uh, and make an appointment uh, with your gynecologist and talk about birth control options. There's there's a number of things to consider there. And in many cases, uh, you may need to start that uh, birth control process before you're actually married, you know, so you get that going. Uh, so you want all that in place beforehand. And you want to tell them, here's my level of sexual experience or lack thereof, and his as well. Uh, what sort of advice would you have for us? Um, and that, that for sure needs to happen at that point. But I think the real problem here is the, the big word that jumped out at me is scared. I'm partially scared to have this discussion and have him leave me once I've bared my soul to him. And then what, what's the, what's the next thing on that? Because if you bear your soul to him and then he breaks up with you, uh, I, I hope we can trust that he's not going to just tell the whole world your stuff. If if you don't trust him on that level, then we may, maybe dating him is not a great idea. Right. Or maybe we want to wait till we're, you know, 
again, seriously dating. We were really going to stay, really committed to each other. You're exclusive. You're, you know, you've built some trust up, that kind of stuff. So we are talking about sort of a later stages maybe of dating. But um, this idea of the thing that will help is to not communicate and then don't share things. And, and understand, I know that you're getting that from bad advice from Christians. I know that. Sure. I've heard this exact same thing too many times to know you just made that up right straight up out of your head. Those Christians are trying to tell you avoid sex. And then if you talk about sex, you're going to end up having sex. Here's what you need to know about that. First of all, you want to have sex. Second of all, he definitely wants to have sex. So the desires there, uh, talking about it or not talking about it will not change that dynamic. It will just be there. Okay. So that we're, we're, that's nothing there. I think when you don't talk about this stuff, when you don't go over it, when it's sort of a hidden thing, when it's a taboo thing, then that temptation is building up and you haven't, you don't have any dialogue going on it. You don't have any language for it. You don't have any communication going on it. And next thing you know, you've jumped way over that line because there hasn't been any preparation or talk or strategy or planning or boundaries or anything. But when Jed says communication, what he's talking about is saying, you know, sometimes when we're alone and, this, and nobody's around and it's dark and we're rolling around and the things and we're kissing and we're wrestling on the couch, it gets to a point where I really feel like I'm starting to lose control what will we do about that? Then you come up with strategies. Now you're dealing with that. Now we're moving ahead. You're saying, hey, you turn me on, but sometimes, hey, you know, that's a little bit too much. Turn it on and, uh, you know, a man can't handle it. So what can we going to do here? If you, if, you, if you get into that dialogue, you start coming up with solutions. You, I think you're better off. You're stronger. You're more powerful in being able to fight those t th that temptation. If you're talking about stuff openly, and you're having some uh, some open, intelligent dialogue about it. So I, I think this fear of being vulnerable, this fear of putting this stuff out there is bad advice. And I think uh, whatever you can do to strategize, it's always, you're better, always better off. That's a great point, Lee. Yeah, and, I, and where I want to come in on this is, is to kind of look at the angle of this that, you know, that, that there are, uh, there is an idea of kind of left and right limits here. One, as Glenn's saying, you do not want to go into a situation where you're engaged to be married and then you're married and you've never had a conversation about sex and stuff like that. And you're uncomfortable even talking about it and everything. That's not a good situation. The other side of this is if you have a boyfriend that he's always wanting to talk about it and you're not comfortable and you're not engaged and you're not really ready for that kind of a relationship yet yet. And he's always wanting to talk about it. Well, that is disrespectful. Um, and so right. if, if you're in that kind of situation, then you should feel free to say, look, I, it's not that I'm scared of the idea of sex or anything like that. It's that I don't feel like we're at a place in our relationship where I want to be talking about this at this level. And you need to hear me on that. And you need to, and, and you need to show me the kind of respect that says, we're not going to talk about this all the time because I'm, I'm just going to keep it real on, in a, in a personal way for me. Um, if I, uh, you know, if I was in a dating situation and, uh, and, and, and understand if we were going to have the conversation of where do we want these boundaries to be? And we're going to pray about this and what is, 
you know, you know, if we go to this place, I'm not going to have any, I'm, I'm not going to be able to control myself or whatever. This is going to be too far. This is going to, I'm going to be completely out of my mind at this point. You know, if we're having that kind of conversation, that's one thing. If I'm in a dating relationship with somebody, not engaged, just kind of dating, and we're talking about sex, sexual preferences, what do we like, what do we not, y'all, I, I don't know, maybe other people are totally different. That kind of thing, that's going to send my, uh, my, just the way I am, my mind, I'm going to be off the map at that point. I'm going to, I'm going to be haywire. I'm, I'm going to be gone that there's not going to, you know, it's going to be a very difficult situation for me to be able to, to, to pull those reins and pump the brakes and that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, some people may be completely different than me on that, but some people might feel like, Hey, if we're talking, if we're just kind of dating and then we're talking about all the sexy stuff we like and everything, and we're not talking about it in the sense of, we want to make sure we set the healthy boundaries. We just want to kind of have this conversation about what we like sexually and preferences and stuff like that. For me, that's the danger zone. I'm just going to keep it real for me personally. And if that's your situation, if you're, if you're feeling the same way about this, then, then the, in the same way that it's important to be communicating once you're engaged or once you're married about your sex life, extremely explicitly, you need to be able to communicate this as well, this thing as well, which is, Hey, when we talk about this in this way, that takes me to a certain point of temptation that I, I, that that's just talking about our preferences and stuff like that. That gets me too fired up. I, I can't handle this or anything. So I think one of this one of the things here is what is the what is the temperature of this conversation? Is he just wanting to talk about sexy stuff and all the time in such a way that you feel uncomfortable or you feel way too tempted and stuff like that? If that's the situation, you need to be able to communicate that. If what you're saying is, I think this is appropriate for me personally, this is appropriate in a situation where we have made, uh, you know, a certain degree of promise. We are going to be engaged and stuff like that. If that's where you are, you need to be comfortable expressing that. And, but if the conversation is, if we, you know, let's talk about our boundaries and stuff like that, I think that's a different thing. But if you, if you ever feel uncomfortable or disrespected, you need to stand up, stand strong, stand your ground on that deal. Because this is your, your sexual life. Once you are married and you are in a situation where you are, where, where it's all, all systems go and the Lord is blessing it and go for it and have fun, all that stuff. You want to feel that you want to feel known you want to feel safe, you want to feel heard, you want to feel respected, you want to feel, and all of these things, all the words that I just said, that leads to intimacy. And intimacy, and this is what Jed's talking about, communication leads to a good sex life because of intimacy. And that's the thing that pornography has nothing of. No, there's no intimacy. As Jed's saying, it's, it's fantasy. Not only is it fantasy, it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. But when you have the communication that's built on respect and trust, knowledge of each other, time together, all that kind of stuff, commitment, all that stuff, then then you then you get into a situation where you can have and grow intimacy. And that is going to lead you to a healthy and awesome and fun sex life. Excellent point. All right, we're going to move on to our last question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, I feel that I'm the best suited person to lead my campus ministry group next year. However, I have very little desire to do so. Do I do what I want or what I think is best for others, even if it might make me miserable? I know that being selfless and serving others is really important, but I can't help but thinking that if I'm unhappy, I will not be able to serve as well as I can. What should I do? Glenn, can you start us off? Yeah, I... 
I'm not sure I totally agree with this premise. You say, I feel I'm the best suited person to lead my campus ministry group next year. Well, if you don't have a desire to do it, you may not be the best suited person <laughs> for it. What? So, Tell me more. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I don't want to be ministered to by someone who doesn't <laughs> want to be ministering to me, so. Ah, reluctant love. Yeah, that, Sit down, you jerks. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I I think uh, that's a that's a disqualifier and and pretty much a complete one. So, um, uh, so I I, I think uh, we're you know I think what you might be saying is uh, I'm uh, sort of uh, the senior member of the group or you know the the one that people sort of key off of. So there's an expectation there. I get that. I understand that. Um, but I've. I, first of all, I've never served the Lord and come out of that miserable. So I don't, I don't even really know much of what we're referencing there. Uh, second of all, uh, uh, I, I don't have it in my DNA to think that a suffering thing and a godly thing would be the same thing. Uh, but I think a lot of Christians do. They say, you know, well, Whatever the suffering option is, that's probably the really godly one. Whatever makes know? me miserable must be God's will for me. Yeah. Because God's uh, kind of a jerk that way. Yeah. Um, in reality, I think it's it's probably going to be uh, uh, more accurate and, and more on target and more healthy for you to recognize that, uh, you know, where God calls us, he gives us a burden of love. It's, yes. a, little, it's a term you hear us use a lot, but it's, uh, and it's sort of an old school term there, but it's this idea that you have this unexplicable love that just, you know, floods your heart for the people that you're serving <laughs> and you can't shut up. You can't be still, you can't not do that thing. You you're compelled. You must do it. That's certainly the way that all of us feel about the ministry that we do. Now we sometimes feel challenged in a way that's overwhelming where we say, I want to do this. I would love to do this. Yeah. I can't imagine successfully pulling it off. That that happens. So we uh, and maybe there's an avoidance off of that, but that's not really what you're talking about here. You're just saying I don't like this. And I think it might be worth asking why you don't like it. Yeah. And I you know, I don't have any way of knowing that, but if I could take one wild guess that that might be true for most people who have this kind of feeling is I would guess that it's about sort of the the um, the interpersonal dynamics of the group. In other words, if you have a group of people that are really lovely and very sweet and very supportive of one another, and someone said, would you uh, help lead us and organize us? Because we think you're awesome, and you could do things, and we'd say, that was a great job. You're awesome. Then you'd say, well, I'd love to lead that. That would be great if it's a group full of people that are always jealous and backbiting and, and fighting and having issues and concerns and always who has, why is he have to, why, what, what do you think he meant by that? When he said that, why he, 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 he this person, he likes that person, but he doesn't like me. And how, you know, if that's the case, then nobody wants to be in charge of that mess. Uh, so uh, I think maybe the, the the smarter way of looking at that is is it's not so much that you don't want to be in leadership. It's not so much that you don't want to uh, serve and be sacrificial, I guess, in that sense. But it's it's a case of there's a dynamic here 
in a, a negative one, perhaps with this group. And uh, if they're not going to let you address that, if they're not going to let you help that, they're just going to subject that to you. And that's not something God's asking you to do. If this is not that sort of thing, if this is just a purely personal thing where you just feel like, Hey, I, I don't like this. I, you know, uh, I don't like these people. I don't, I don't like being in charge of this thing. That's, that's a different thing. But uh, I, I think you might find that this is about a, an unaddressed uh, interpersonal dynamic of that group. That's a great point, Lee. Well, you know, I think the, and I loved all the stuff that Glenn said off that, and I feel the same way about it, which is, uh, yeah, don't do this ministry, please, um, on behalf of all of us. If you don't want to do it, um, you know, you, you don't need to be there. Um, the, the second thing is that I would say is what do you want to do? Um, what, what do you, what really fires you up? What's the thing that, that you, uh, your heart breaks for? What's the thing that like, when you see a a story on the internet about it, or you hear somebody talk about it on the radio, it breaks your heart and you want to hear more and you find yourself Googling stuff and looking it up and reading articles and stuff like that. I mean, if uh, here's, 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 uh, just a little, a tip. If you find yourself reading all by yourself about something, and, you know, especially if you're a dude and you're in your 20s, you find yourself just excited about reading something, then that probably means that thing means something to you. You find yourself yeah. researching something, all of a sudden you're you're starting to triangulate, you're starting to find some coordinates about the thing that it is you care about. So I think that's one thing is don't necessarily, and I think this is a mistake that people often make when it comes to ministry, which is they only follow what their perceived gifts are. So your whole life, somebody's told you, well, um, you are, you were just made to do this thing. You were just made to, uh, you were made to speak to everybody because you're so comfortable in a crowd and stuff like that. And you're so good in front of people and everything. You were just made for this deal or whatever, (laughs) whatever the thing is, whatever your perceived gift set is, you're so good with kids or whatever it is. And so what people do is they think, well, whatever my, whatever my gift set is, that must be exactly and where the Lord wants to use me and the only place that the Lord wants to use me. And one thing that you've heard these guys talk about a ton, and I love it, and I think it's exactly right, from the book of Isaiah chapter 6, is we find out that the Lord's rubric for, for ministry qualifications has much more to do with willingness than it has to do with giftedness. And yeah. so what you want to find Amen. is, what are you willing to do? What do you want to do? What fires you up? Not, not necessarily following your gifts around, but what is it that, what is it that you wake up caring about? What is it that you go to bed caring about? What is it, what is it that really really fires you up? I don't th- I I don't think this thing at least right now is is where you need to be. But I think it's time to start asking the Lord. I think it would be a great idea to, if uh, you know if you have uh, an older person in your life that is a, a kind of a mentor figure, somebody that that has a great walk with the Lord who knows you well and who can ask the right questions to 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 ask you to you know help me figure out what kinds of things are important that I care about or that what do you see in my life or whatever? Uh, if you can start to figure out what it is you actually do want to do, I think that's the direction we need to head and not just, well, this is the default thing because this is where my gifts are. And that's kind of what I hear you saying in this question. I think I'm the right person for this because this is kind of my gifts. Let's not navigate your ministry effectiveness based on your gifts. Let's navigate it based on, as these guys are saying, the burden of love what do you want to do? What really, 
what really breaks your heart or what, what really fires you up about what the Lord might be up to, what the Lord could potentially do in somebody else's life? Absolutely, Jed. Well, you've heard a bunch of great advice. I, I add just a real quick thing is uh, I think it's possible that part of what we're dealing with here is obligation that other people are putting on. Okay. Um, there are certain campus ministry groups where their model is to work with you uh, when you're a freshman, maybe a sophomore, and then around the time you're junior, senior, they kind of say, well, you owe us now, mm. and you need to get up in there and you know uh, help out. And here's the thing. No, you don't. Right. Uh, you, don't, you don't owe them. Um, you, uh, you have an obligation to someone, and that's to Jesus. Yeah. It's not to that campus ministry group. Right. And if we're going to be honest, um, uh, sometimes the campus ministry group kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was involved with a campus ministry group in college, and a lot of good people in it, a lot of uh, very kind-hearted people, but a lot of it sucked most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not, God is not ever asking you to pretend that something doesn't suck when it does. Um, that's not uh, uh, Denial is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit ever. Um, Now, there are times where the Lord may ask you to be a part of something that's, you know, not uh, super well run because there's a a specific thing that he has for you to do in there. And part of the way you know that is because you have that burden of love for certain people. You know, you see, you know, there are these I don't know, you know these, these freshman gals that live in this part of the campus, and I think they get forgotten about, and I don't like that, and I want to do something about that. And I'm going to have to do that in the midst of an organization that's not run very well, and so that might not be great. And that's all fine. But part of this sounds like we may be dealing with some obligation here. You know, somebody's telling you, well, you got to do this now. You know, I mean, you know a bunch of Bible, and you've been discipled by one of our discipling-approved people, so now you're bona fide, and you're the best person for the job, and you got to do it. No, you don't. At all. Not even a little bit. And there are churches that run the same way. Yeah. That basically kind of come along and inform people, well, you pretty much have to do this now. And no, you don't. That's that's not how life works. What Lee said is uh, spot on. Um, there, You need to find the joy. You need to find uh, something that you're excited about doing. What Glenn said is 100% true. If you don't want to be doing something in ministry, those people are going to pick up on that, yeah. and you are not going to be successful from a right. ministry level at doing that thing. Hey, here's here's the deal, is that um, if you are in a campus ministry that's kind of putting some obligation on you, um, they're working off of a script. Um, yeah, they've, yeah, they've been yeah. told, this is the way you do it, this is the way you get this done. They're applying that to you, whether it fits or not. They right. don't necessarily mean anything mean by it, but they're working off a script. They're, they're doing what they've been told to do. You don't have to play along. You don't have right. to fit into that script. There is work that God has for you to do, and the work he has for you to do, you will be excited about doing. Um, they may not think very much of it. Um, you know, Some of these campus groups kind of put out the idea, if it's not us, it doesn't count. It's true. Because mm. we're, we're the real deal. That's not how God feels. There's work that he has for you that you'll be excited about. You don't owe anybody anything. Chase your bliss. Go find that joy. Go find that love and that burden. Let that motivate you, and you will do great things. The Lord will do great things through you, and you'll enjoy doing them. That's a great point. All right. Thank you for listening. If you have a question for us, you can find us at saythatpodcast at gmail.com or, the bridge, or bridgechicago at tumblr.com. 
Uh, if you want to sign up for Bridgebox, that's missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. If you want to sign up for Lee's uh, specific branded Bridgebox, which spe- focuses on music from him with some other little goodies from Bridgebox, that's missionusa.com slash BBLY. If you want to get both of them for a discounted rate of $12 for both of those, you can email matt at missionusa.com. Thanks for listening. Remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Beardvertising. Obey the beard. Ha, ha, ha.